Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hello, my name is Paul Frazier, and you're listening to Back to Life Radio. I have my co-host here, Kelly Rockstead. She will be joining us today. And we have a very special guest today. I will get into that. But first, I want to welcome our sponsors today. BZ Trans Systems, the makers of the one and only premium transfer board, the BZ Board. You can go to their website at B-E-A-S-Y boards.com and you can check out all of their products, accessories, and everything that they have to offer. That's bzboards.com. BZ, your medical solution for a greater mobility and independence of life. bzboards.com. All right, now I want to bring in my special guest. His name is Brian McDonald. He is the owner of of a company called Synergy Home Care. And what they do is they do home health care for for patients uh, who are elderly and have physical uh, mobility issues. And he's going to talk about his background. I want to have him talk to you guys about his background because it's a heck of a background. (laughs) And I want to talk and have him explain to you what Synergy Home Health Care really is about and uh, how he ever got into this career. So it'll be an interesting show. So, Brian, I was going over your bio, and boy, do I feel underachieved, I'm telling you. <laughs> you it was really impressive going over that bio. And uh, tell our listeners what, they, what got you into this whole healthcare thing, uh, home healthcare, I should say, and about your company, Synergy Home Healthcare. Would you please? Absolutely, Paul. Thank you um, for having me as well. No, it's a, you know, it's an interesting story of how I got here. But I've always been somebody who likes to help people. Um, you know, whether it's you, know, you always hear the story of the, the Boy Scout helping the lady across the street. Um, that was me opening the doors for people. That's me. But you know, through my career, and it is a not a straight path. Um, I don't know if we'll get into that at all, but. But I really love what I do now because it's about helping people stay in their home. And it's, it's estimated about 90% of people or 95% of people really want to age in their own home. And how do you make that possible? And it's, it's through an agency like us. It's you know, oftentimes the amount of care that's needed it exceeds what the spouse or other family members can do because the other family members have careers or have children of their own. And, and so it really becomes a challenge of how to help people stay in their home. And that's, that's what our ultimate goal is, is to help people stay in their homes, get the care they need, and, and be safe there. So, um, and then Synergy Home Care happens to have been started by a good friend of mine back from a different life. And so I joined them in 2013 and have been doing it ever since. So just shy of nine years, and I'm, I love what I do. It's just, it's just a blessing to, to work with people every day that, that need help, and we can provide it for them. Great. So tell our listeners about your little background, your bio background, if you don't mind. Oh, you're going there, are yeah, you? Yeah, because right, it's, it's interesting, Brian. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the listeners will enjoy hearing what your what your background is and how it got from where you are, what you were doing, and now you now you're in this new career path. You know, it's kind of 
it's kind of no. interesting how you got there. You know, in, in most people's lives, right, you're looking for something to do for a career that you enjoy. And, and my first career out of college, um, I actually worked at NASA down in Houston. And so I was part of the initial team that was looking at how to build and assemble the space station that's up there today and has been up there almost 25 years now. Um, and we were looking at that and, and, you know, it was, it was during that process that sometimes the, the NASA policies don't always make it through and there were layoffs happening. And, and I watched 70% of my department get laid off one time. And I said, you know, I don't know if I want to be part of this for my whole, whole career. And I said, well, what else can I do that, you know, is just as equally hard as being a rocket scientist? And I said, well, maybe I go to medical school. And so I went to medical school because then you can be a rocket scientist or a neurosurgeon and still not figure things out. <laughs> and when I was at medical school, I was I, having worked for a little bit. I didn't like the debt I was in, so I took a leave of absence. And during that leave of absence, I went back to aerospace, and we were launching some satellites or trying to. And right before we were supposed to launch our first satellite, a GPS satellite on the same rocket that we were going to use blew up. And this was back in 1986. When was that? No, 97. And so we had to delay our stuff. So I had to delay myself going back to medical school. And by the time I was ready to go, you know, time to go back, we were right in the middle of launching 72 satellites in 12 months. And it was called the Iridium phone system. It's still up there today. They've now replaced all those satellites just in the past five years. Um, but they, you know, they did really well in, um, in terms of providing services around the globe and getting you know, there's been lots of rescues of, of stranded boaters and, um, you know, people going around the Arctic and they can still talk on a phone. And so it's just a neat system that's been part of. But when I left there, um, I wanted to put my engineering and medicine together. And I joined a small company here in town called Medtronic and working on medical devices. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen the FDA process. How do you get things approved? Uh, how do you do clinical trials? those sorts of things. I also was in operating rooms with physicians, putting in pacemakers, defibrillators, helped design some of the future ones, um, and also worked on some heart valves. And it was during that time when I went to Medtronic that a good friend of mine, Paul, our, um, same first name as, as our guest or as our host, yep. um, and he had gone to Synergy. There was one office in Phoenix, Arizona. There was nobody else yet. He helped franchise it out and get us across the country. There's now over 400 territories and 300 owners and there's seven of us here in the twin cities and i'm one of them but it was during the time i was at medtronic he was doing all that and i reconnected with him and said hey paul how's synergy going because oh it's going great i said well i'm looking to, to do something on my own i've always wanted to be helping people and yes medtronic does that but it's at such a large scale you're removed from it and i said i wanted to do something that really can help people on a day-to-day -day basis and I looked at it, and a very long story short, because um, we don't have a full three hours, um, <laughs> it was nine, nine years to the hour that my brother-in-law had passed away from a brain tumor that I wrote my good friend Paul and said, I'm going to be part of Synergy. I don't know how yet. I've got to get things in place. Um, and I didn't realize it was the anniversary of, of my good uncle or brother-in-law's passing that I had sent that email. I found that out probably three months later. And so somebody's guided me here and it's absolutely just a joy, like I said, to, to be in part of, of this whole process of people aging at home and really helping them live out the life 
um, their last stages of life with dignity and in their home where they want to be. And some people we, one gentleman we cared for, and this is true story. He was born in the bedroom that he died in. Really? And that was born in ni- born in 1921 and died, I think, 2015 or 16. I'd have to go back and look. But what a story to have grown up his whole life in that house was, you know, back in 21, you didn't go to the hospital and be born. You were born at home. Right. So he was born in that bedroom and he passed away in that bedroom. So just a great, you know, life story to have been part of. Um, and we get small glimpses of these amazing lives that people have lived, but, you know, they certainly share stories with us. They're just, they're heartwarming. So, so that's how I got to where I am today. So yes, I'm the world's most compassionate rocket scientist, you could argue, <laughs> but I just love what, I just love what I do. And, and I, there's not a day that I don't enjoy going to work. Um, you know, and, and all those other places that I've worked, you know, always those days you just don't want to go in. Right. Um, there's not a day in nine years that I have not wanted to go in. So I just love what I do. So let me ask you this. Can you tell our listeners um, who are listening right now, maybe they want to follow along on to see what your company is all about. Can you give out your website, please? Sure. The, the general website, because again, I don't know your listenership as far as how far we're reaching, but it's, it's www.synergyhomecare.com, S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y, homecare, H-O-M-E-C-A-R-E.com. And then you just put your zip code in, it'll get you to the, to the nearest office. Mine happens to be in Blaine. So if you put a forward slash Blaine, you'll get right to my office. But there's, like I said, there's seven others or in the Twin Cities and 300 plus across the country. So certainly, you know, depending on how far your readership listenership is, you know, any, any place can be found by going to synergyhomecare.com and putting in the zip code. And you we're all, and you're all over the country. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. So, um, now you were telling me when we were talking this week, make sure you say non-medical. Is that correct? Non-medical right. home health care. Correct. So it's Synergy Non-Medical Home Health Care. Okay. All right. Great. Yep. And, and the distinction there is just for your listeners again. So there's home health. These are people that come in, do nursing services, whether it's um, putting in a catheter or taking care of a wound or um, making sure your medications are set up. Those require a skilled, quote-unquote, person, so an, an RN or someone of that caliber. Our services are bathing, dressing, transferring, which we'll, we'll talk about, um, you know, helping with ambulation, walking, doing exercises, um, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. Some people, you know, come out of surgery and, and can't do stairs. And, well, their laundry's in the basement. So right. we'll take their laundry down, do their laundry, bring it up. They still love to fold it. We'll fold it with them. Um, making meals, grocery shopping, taking to doctor's offices. So we do a whole handful of things that, you know, are called activities of daily living to help people stay in their home. The medic and that's called non-medical. Okay. Um, but so that's the difference between home care and home health is that home health are the skilled people that are doing catheters and IVs and, you know, medication setups as opposed to what we do, which is your activities of daily living to keep you safe in your home. Right. Excellent. So, Brian, I work. I have worked in a variety of different um, jobs myself, 
and I fell okay. into um, working with seniors after I had worked with children for many, many years. It was quite different, but I fell in love with seniors and working with even younger people with low mobility needs. I worked in an assisted living. I was the house manager there um, after I was a house um, activity director, and I worked with a lot of memory care people as well. Um, it looks like you offer so many different kinds of care from a caregiver standpoint. How does Synergy decide what a, par- a patient's needs are? So it's a great question, you know, and to your point, right, there are so many different ailments or injuries or um, diseases that people will have. And so you have to evaluate each person individually. Mm -hmm. And so we do what's called a care assessment. And that care assessment is the initial determination of what the care needs are. And that's free. So anybody can get that. Um, And then we decide collectively, well, you know, is there enough here that you need somebody to come in once a day, once a week? Do you need somebody to come every two weeks to, to clean your toilets? You know, the things that people like to give up first are cleaning toilets um, and the bathtubs because that requires you to bend over. And a lot of people's backs start to get um, less flexible as we age, and so those become the first things that they get rid of. Um, you know, when you need – and when you're dealing with somebody with a disease like Parkinson's or dementia, um, very different needs. Um, the Parkinson's patient usually um, is fully cognitive but can't – necessarily walk as well as they used to. Their limbs don't move the way they want to. They have tremors. Somebody with dementia, their cognitive component is is failing, but their mobility is just fine. Um, they can get up, they can walk, they can get around the house, but they don't remember how to brush their teeth. They don't remember how to make a meal. They, You can put instructions out on how to even heat up something in the microwave and they may not be able to follow those. So very different needs and we're trained in both those diseases specifically as well as others to help that that person live the life as best they can at home. Do you find that after patients um, have Synergy care that they are surprised by how much it helps and maybe choose to have more care? Well, what we often find, it's another fabulous question, what we often find is that once we start care, because people are hesitant to it, right? If you think about it, I've got to have a stranger come into my house. Mm -hmm. Well, they're a stranger for that first visit. They're familiar with the second visit. And by the third visit, they're looking forward to somebody coming Mm -hmm. because some of these folks may not have anybody visit all week because their children live in Seattle, Washington. Or, you know, they aren't available because they're working all day or they live two hours away and they can't get up here. So we find that once people start the care, they often say, you know, this is really great. I wish I had done this six months ago or a year ago, two years ago. This is really helping me, especially for the spouses who are the ones that are providing the 24 by 7 care. And, you know, again, that's that's hard to do. You know, it's challenging and it's okay to ask for help. We can We can ask for help. And so, you know, getting a professional in there like our organization just really helps the family because their their mind is at ease knowing that mom's being taken care of. They don't have to run up there every weekend to do the laundry or uh, scrub the toilets. You know, they've got somebody coming in to do that. And, you know, also making sure that mom's taking your medications. We do medication reminders. 
Um, the, the process of setting up the medications requires a nurse, and, and we can help get that done, but my license doesn't allow it, but there are ways to get that taken care of that we also help families with. So oftentimes it's not so much that, that they're going to get more help, they just, but they will. It's just the fact they finally got help, and everybody just mm-hmm. feels relieved because it, it just helps everybody involved especially the adult children who are the ones that are worrying about mom or dad every day. Um, and now they know that they've got Synergy Home Care coming in to help. And that's that's the, the real relief for the whole family. Where I worked when we um, found that people were finally getting care, we really saw a bounce back of health for not only the patient, but um, usually for the spouse as well. After they were getting care for a few weeks, um, you really saw their health come back. Um, and it was almost shocking for the spouse to see how much care they didn't realize they were able to do. And usually the spouse didn't realize how much sleep they were not getting um, or how, what a toll that caregiving was doing on them. So we really saw a bounce back with health. And I think if people are not scared that they don't have to lose their home um, to get care, I, I really applaud Synergy. I think it's a, a great thing. And I was also wondering how about the, you know, the, the tools that you use and how you came to see the, the BZ board as help for synergy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to go back to your, your point earlier too, though. We've seen people, so the typical path of somebody who's had an injury and had a hip replaced is they go to the hospital, then they go to a transitional care unit or rehab center, and then they come back home. And they get that home health for about three weeks where a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, a nurse is coming out and checking on them. But they're only coming out, each of those, maybe once or twice a week. Right. And so oftentimes family, families hire us on top of that to make sure that everything else is taken care of. We had one gentleman who um, had just come out of the hospital and came home. And the physical therapist and everybody said, well, we've gotten as far as we can get them. And it's called plateauing, and they no longer come in because Medicare won't pay for it. Right. Well, we kept doing those exercises. He was in a wheelchair. By the time, you know, X number of months went by, he was actually walking. Now, not walking, you know, to the, to the grocery store, but he was walking from his bedroom to his bathroom. And physical therapy had given up on him. We had kept those exercises going. And so he had gotten better. The That's a really huge that deal. Really important. Yeah, it's a huge deal, right? It's a huge deal to be able to keep those therapists, um, especially if you're in there every day, that would be something we would do. And, and every physical therapist would say, do these exercises every day, do these exercises every day, do these exercises every day. And when do people do them? When the physical therapist shows up. Right. And that's it. So when you have another third party in there like us, we're saying, okay, we're going to do the exercises today, John. We're going to do them. And we do them. And guess what? They get better. Mm-hmm. To your point also about somebody who's the spouse taking care of them or the family member and them getting sleep. I worry as much, if not more, about the caregiving family member as mm-hmm. I do the client. Because Absolutely. the client's getting our care coming in there. But when we're not there, the spouse is still doing you know, 99% of all the other cares. And if they get hurt right. or they you know, wrench their back or get sick then you're in a totally different scenario where you've got to get an agency in there 24 by seven, because that's how much care that other spouse was providing. And they couldn't leave. They can't leave the house. Right. So even if we come in for three, four hours, that spouse mentally can leave the house and physically leave the house and know that that their loved one is taken care of. 
and is such a rejuvenation for them for that to your point to to realize that wow this is really quite helpful and wow i'm doing a lot and i really need more breaks so let me take instead of one day a week let me do three days a week where i can go out and go fishing with my buddies or i can go to the you know uh, a knitting class with my girlfriends right Whatever it is, it, you know, people get their some of their life back because they're not constrained to be in the house 24 by 7 because their loved one is ill. So uh, the next part of your question said, how did I, how do we come up, unless you want to follow up, how do we come up upon BZ Board? Is that where you want to go? Right, because I think that with, with all that we just said, I think that having the proper tools is also huge for the caregiver in um, if they're able to stay in their home or not, or if they're able to um, use the tools that they have. I know that mechanical lifts and things like that are really um, not cheap and they're hard to get right. for a spouse or, or hard to use for them. So um, how did you discover BZ and what is it doing for Synergy? Yeah, and that, that I think is the most, interesting question and answer that's going to come, which is we found it because a client had it, right? I did not know about it. Um, and then I was doing some research and found out you guys are right here in Minnesota and it happened to be in my territory. So I was like, Oh, this is amazing. So the story is that we had a client that was using it and we hadn't seen it. So my nurse had to go out and get trained on it because we hadn't seen it with a client before. She was so impressed. She came back and told us about it. We then researched it. We then bought one because we had a client um, that needed to, that was using it. So we have to train our caregivers how to use our equipment. So we've got a Hoyer lift, you know, mechanical lift you mentioned. We have a transfer board. We now added a BZ board to our training that the caregivers have to go through because they have to be trained on the equipment we see in the field. Well, now we've got two in the office. We have a long one and a short one. So we're training with both of those. And where it really came to fruition for me was we had a client, um, his name was Peter. He was a quadriplegic, but still had some upper strength. So he would do most of his things on his own, right? Well, he can't operate a Hoyer lift on his own. So a mechanical lift you can't do on your own. He was using the regular old wooden um, varnished transfer board, and he was scooching himself from his bed to his electric wheelchair. Then he would go about his day, get his breakfast. He'd drive into his van, he'd go out in the world. So he was fairly functional given his limitations of a quadriplegic. Well, when we met him, he had a sore on his bottom and it was right where he would always wedge the board underneath to transfer himself. And then he'd use his arms and he'd push himself across. Well, every time he pushed and mm -hmm. slid, he was pulling at that skin, pulling at that skin. And the wound was never healing. We came in, I met him, I said, Peter, oh my gosh, you've got this wound, we've got to help you with that. He's like, well, it's been there forever. And we said, yeah, but it's going to get worse, and you know, you're going to get sick, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why don't you use a Hoyer lift? Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to use a Hoyer lift, because then I, I want to keep my upper body strength. Yeah. I said, okay, fair, you're right, we want that too. But what if we use a Hoyer lift for three weeks, and then we use what's called a BZ board, and I brought one in. I said, we use this instead. You don't have to wedge yourself anymore. You slide across. He's like, his eyes lit up. He says, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I happen to have two Hoyer lifts in my, in my house. In my office at the time, I brought one to him. We used it for three weeks. His, his wound healed. We brought him a BZ board. He couldn't have been a happier man. He was able to get in and out of bed so much easier, able to get 
onto his wheelchair so much easier. He did it himself. We would be there when, you know, certain times he needed to be put down to bed and we would just do it because he was tired. We would do it for him, but it just is an amazing product. And, you know, like I said, I was in the medical device field and when I see something that, that is that simple as a concept, yet so effective as a solution, I gravitate towards it. So right. we have introduced it to, I don't know how many different clients, but so many clients, um, Paul and team was just introduced it to the other five, six owners here in town about a month ago. They're all now using it. So, you know, it's just an amazing product that, that was sitting right here, literally in our backyard. Um, and I discovered it many years ago and worked and have used it with many clients, but to physically see it in work and use and, and heal somebody is just a phenomenal story in itself. So it, you can honestly say <clears throat> that that board changes a lot of people's lives, I would think, in... Yeah. Paul, I think that yeah. um, because we're on a podcast, I don't think a lot of people listening may know exactly what we're talking about. So we may need to describe the. Yeah, that's a good board. point. So, yep. Um, yep. Either Paul can describe or I can, since I since we use it with a client. So let me describe yeah, the difference you describe from it, a Brian. user's perspective. Yep. Right. Yep. Go ahead. So a regular transfer board is a is about a three foot long piece of wood that is then varnished to be as smooth as it possibly can, okay? Well, you know anything varnished if you've got, you know, if your, your skin will stick to it if you push too hard or it's sweaty, you know, those sorts of things. Now, you never use it with a bare bottom, okay, granted. But the BZ board is made of um, a high, highly refined, pressurized mold that creates a, a really pristine board that has a slot down the middle of it. In that slot sits a circular disc. That disc then moves down that slot without any effort. It just slides. So what you do differently than a regular transfer board is you put the disc underneath the patient's bottom. They then sit themselves on it, and they just literally slide across. There's no scooching involved. There's no effort involved. It just slides from one side to the other. And I don't even work for the company, and it's just it's just an amazing, simple concept that says, okay, the old standard was a piece of wood that you had to scooch across. That requires the patient to scooch and move. That requires the caregiver to semi-lift and scooch. That requires bending over. That requires so many different things that are just wrought with workers' comp claims that I worry about that you know, and people getting injured, you know, even family members getting injured and the client getting injured, that you put this board, this BZ board system underneath and the disc does all the work and there is no work. It just slides. Um, and that's the difference. So I'm sorry, I, right, I, I keep forgetting that the listenership may not know that, but it's just a, it's just an amazing product. And, and I, I applaud the team for inventing it and, and making it available to the world. So so that's what I have to say. I think you found a new job to be our spokesperson. <laughs> you know, when I when I worked where I did, no, I've told you I've had too many. Paul, I've had too many jobs. I'm good. I'm good where I am. <laughs> when I worked where I did, we had a busy board, and and I didn't even know it. Um, Linda, our owner, her mother lived at the home where mm -hmm. I worked, and that's how we came to know each other. But until I worked for her, I didn't realize we had a busy board. It was sitting up on a shelf 
And when we had cleaned the nursing office, I said, what is this? And and the girls that were there said, I have no idea. Well, Mm. after I started working for Linda, I still stayed in contact with those girls. And I um, I went to the shelf and I picked it off of the shelf and I said, I got to show you <laughs> what this is. And they were astonished. They couldn't believe it. And so happy. They, yep. um, they actually helped us with some videos for our busy board and they were just so thrilled to see how it worked and, um, how much it could help the patients there. Yeah. So there's one thing we all got to remember about the busy board is that there is no lifting involved when you're using the busy board you let the board do the work and you'll be astonished on what that board can do i mean and i can't stress more enough is that you cannot lift while you're transferring a person on this board because it won't work so please do not lift and brian you know what a big deal that is to have all these caregivers lifting all the time and and how different it is when you don't have to lift yes i do no it's 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 a the number one injury in our industry mm. is back injuries. Right. And that's a direct result of leaning over a patient and we never bend with our knees because even though we're told since we were two to bend with our knees, nobody does it. They lift mm. with their shoulders and their back and oh I'm just lifting this patient, you know, just to, just to scooch them. And then you're back and you're and you're twisting as you're moving them sideways, you now put your body in a twist position and you tweak your back and you're done. Along with so lifting with whole, um, shoulders for seniors is, you know, uh, often they're lifting under their shoulders, which can cause in- injuries right. to their shoulders as well. Right. The whole, everybody's skin gets, gets less and less, um, you know, a stat, well, let's see, it gets, it gets more frail, let's put right. it that way. Mm-hmm. And so grabbing onto anybody on their shoulders, you think, you know, somebody could pull underneath your shoulder, no problem. If you pull underneath their shoulder, A, it, you could you could pop it out of the socket because again mm-hmm. joints are not as stable as they used to be, skin tears easily. You know the gentleman I was telling you about with the bottoms. You know it don't they don't heal as well either. So these injuries become you know problems over time, and the fact that you don't have to lift and the board does the work is is the fascinating part about it, and it's the simple part about it. But but it's it's such a unique design that. That it's unfortunate that yes, it was sitting on a shelf somewhere and nobody knew about it. And as soon as they knew about it, they're like, "Oh my goodness, yeah. why haven't we been using this for 50, yeah. for ten years?" Well, and well, not only nobody for nobody knew what it was, and, and not only for transfers, but you can boost oh, patients yeah. in bed with our boards. And so you roll the patient on their side and put the the busy board underneath them with the seat uh, under their bottom roll them back, and you are able to push them easily up in bed. Mm -hmm. And so that can save, you know, caregivers and patients stress on their shoulders and um, backs as well. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point is another, you know, it's, yes, it's a quote unquote transfer board, but when you move somebody in bed, so if they're in a hospital bed and and it's been propped up, they tend to slide down it. And yes, you can bring a hospital bed down and bring the head down and feet up. Well, you still have to have some sort of slip sheet, and that's what the slip sheet's trying to do, the exact thing that a busy board does, which is slide them up. Right. Well, if you put a board underneath them and you put their derriere on it where their weight is, is holding them in place in the bed, you can then slide them up very easily. So, again, another another tool and use for it that that is you know quite efficient at what it does. Well, and another thing about before we move on to your company again is this board is that 
it gets people back into the life again and it makes them more independent where they can go out and they can enjoy stuff with their family members now instead of being left at home and you know a lot of them are just they can't it's hard to transfer people without this board i think um but i think people can now get back into life and be more more a part of it yep we had a lot of patients that feared the transfers, and so they didn't yeah. want to go anywhere. They didn't want to go to their kid's house because they didn't want to get in the car right. and, and have it be a difficult thing. And so they they often turned down um, people's to invitations yeah. to different family events, you know, and that's a that's a big thing to lose. It's almost it's almost like we should develop a package deal here, Paul, because there's a guy that I work with that does temporary ramps. And, you know, everybody's afraid of putting a ramp in their house. Well, these are non-medical equipment you can put in that you only can put in for Thanksgiving, rent it right. for a week. And, you know, mom or dad can come over and then you busy board, transfer them out of their wheelchair into the, the dining room table and you transfer them back and you put them in their, you know, lazy boy chair, you know, whatever. The whole concept of being able to visit family and get back to the you know the life that they they want to be a part of is is so huge. They want to see the grandkids eating their first mashed potatoes with gravy. I mean, it's these are things that we take for granted when we're healthy, but as soon as we have an injury, they become more more problematic. And so, having a solution to get to you know to the children's house to to have thanksgiving dinner is, is just a it's a life-changing event so if you want to know more about where brian is talking about about synergy and stuff his business it's synergyhomecare.com if you want to see their website and stuff so brian i want to know some uh, i want to know about how, how many different uh shifts are there for a 24-hour care so we, we run a variety of shifts, and, and it all depends on, and specifically 24 hours, we can either run somebody um, with a what's called a live-in rate, where the caregiver stays there for a day or two days or three days, and they actually sleep there. And that's then you can run one person a full 24 hours, um, and you can actually run them for three days in a row. And they bring their own meals, and they take care of themselves, and yes, they may use your shower, but... But, you know, for the most part, they're living in. And then we, trans- then we trade that person out for another person, um, and they stay for a few days. The other way to do it is where there's a wake care. And then we run anything from 12-hour shifts to 8-hour shifts. Um, depending on the care needs and how much work is involved, we would determine how many people we would put um, on a particular 24-hour shift. So there's a variety of ways to do it, and it all depends on the care needs of the client. And to Kelly's earlier point, right, if if the spouse is the one that's taking care of them at night and is waking up every two hours to help them to the bathroom or to help them turn in bed, they're not getting any sleep. So if you transfer that role to Synergy Home Care, then we're taking care of it, and that spouse is sleeping, and they're feeling rested, and they're feeling mentally rejuvenated. And so... Again, depending on what the needs are and whether or not the client sleeps through the night would determine if we would do awake care or um, a live-in care situation. Um, we, we offer anything from one hour to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and many agencies won't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Some agencies are at a four-hour minimum, 20 hours a week, 
And I always say that, again, this is about helping someone stay in their home. I'm not here to tell you you need 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. in order to stay in your home. I'm here to ask you, what do you need help with? What toilets need scrubbing? What meals need to be made? What laundry needs to be done? And what is it that will help you stay here? And that's how many hours we'll do. I'm not going to, I'm not here to make you pay for 20 hours if you need five. Right. So, so again, the, the shift, the shift flexibility is, is quite nice. It's a, it's a unique thing about all the synergy offices that I don't dictate what the care is. You tell me what you need and I'll provide it. Okay. That's great. Now, let me ask if in your opinion, in your expert opinion on this matter, what makes a great caregiver? That's easy. <laughs> compassion. Compassion. You know, if if somebody has compassion, you know, we often find this, right? There's certain people that, you know, are, are suited to work an hourly job and, and, you know, they can go work at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. There's people that they can't go through their day and they feel much better about their day when they've helped somebody. There's uh, two videos I show at the beginning of orientation having to do with, you know, somebody who's in, in need of care. The first one's called, what do you see? And the video shows this lady in a hospital bed being tended to by a nurse's aide and doing a variety of things for her. And, and she says, what do you see when you look at me? Do you see a decrepit old woman? Or do you see a woman um, who's five years old and playing with her brothers and sisters, a, a teenager who's at a dance and, and finds a boy and, and they get married and they have children and then they raise those children and then, you know, those children have children, so she has grandchildren. And, you know, now when I'm sitting here in this bed, what do you see when you see me? Look closer, right? See my whole life, see me. And those people that you know, when I finish that video with them, because I make sure that I'm in for both those videos, I make sure if they reach for the Kleenex, <laughs> then I know they're a good caregiver because I, they get it. I call that the right? big golden and, it, that they have it. Yeah, they have it. True, they have a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely have a gift. And and they just, they just love helping people, mm-hmm. right? And the ones that, that so we always ask, so what would you think of that film afterwards? And they go, the ones that say, oh, the caregiver wasn't very attentive, the caregiver didn't do this, the, you know, and, and the caregiver was not paying attention to the client, those are good people too. But I say, well, hang on a second. What else did that story say? It said that age, illness, disease, injury, surgery, something has put that lady in that bed. In this case, it's age. But she still has had an amazing life. Her life was full of riches, Right. It's our job to discover those treasures in her and for us to treasure those, those treasures of what she had in life. And interestingly enough, I've been doing this for nine years, and about three months ago, first time this ever came up, and now we say it at every orientation, someone said, nor they say, oh, I would, I would want to care for somebody like it's my own grandmother or my own mother. I want to make sure they're really taken care of. One caregiver came in and said, that's going to be me someday in that bed. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're absolutely right. Everybody that's on this call, someday that's going to be you. And how do you want to be treated? How do you want to be cared for? Do you want someone to see a decrepit old human being or do you want to see somebody who's had an amazing rich life and is there to make sure that you're safe, comfortable, and living your life as independently as you can? 
and is and that's what our goal is to make sure you stay as independent as you can. I'm not going to fold the laundry if you can still fold laundry. But if you can't go down the stairs to get to your laundry, we'll do the laundry for you. Mm-hmm. Bring it up and you can fold it. Right. So right. how do we keep people as independent as we possibly can? And so looking for that caregiver that really resonates with um, the the clients is is an art. Um, but also when you see it, you know it. Um, and the ones that should be working at, at McDonald's, we've seen those too, and they don't last very long. So <laughs> the other video I show is called The Star Thrower Story, and many people may have heard this one. It's a guy walking along the beach, and he's throwing starfish in. Another guy walks up and says, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm throwing starfish in the ocean. He goes, well, there's miles and miles of beach. You can't possibly make a difference. Reaches down, picks up a starfish, walks down the ocean, throws it back in, comes back and says, made a difference for that one. Mm-hmm. So we strive to make a difference every single time we walk into someone's home because that's why we're there, right? They can't stay in that home unless we're there. And so if we aren't making a difference for them, then they don't need us. And we we had a lady who had broken both her wrists. She'd had a fall. She was 50-something, so otherwise she was physically healthy and fine. But she couldn't do anything for herself. So we did that for her until her wrist healed, and then she didn't need us anymore because she could do it again. Again, we worked with the clients to get them back to health if we can, and we stay with them until the very last moment on this earth if that's what they need and, and make a difference for them. So that brings up a question, Brian. What ages does Synergy serve? Any age? Um, what age? What ages right. do we service? Mm-hmm. Yes. We service all ages, so we're not just the senior agency. We've The youngest client we've had is four. The oldest client we've had is 104. Okay. So we've done the full gamut. Um, the majority of our clients are probably in their early to mid-80s, I guess, in the 70s, somewhere in that range. But um, we, we will service anybody. A lot of other agencies are, are senior only, but we will service anybody. So does, does Synergy provide reports to families? on how things are going? Yes. So the, the system that we use to track all of our visits and who's assigned and all those things, um, the family has direct access to that, so we can put notes in there. Um, we also communicate with them on a regular basis. If we see, the other thing is we will reach out to them. If, if our caregiver who's in there every day sees a change in their mom, um, you know, is more irritable, is got a wound, has got, um, you know, other things happening. We always have a point of contact within the family that we reach out to and say, hey, this is what we saw. And again, because we're not medical, let's say somebody got a burn because they were cooking something on the stove mm-hmm. and we weren't there. Um, we would tell them, hey, mom got a burn when we weren't there. We, it, uh, we bandage it up, um, but you really should get that looked at. Um, or you know, unfortunately, we've arrived at clients' homes before, and we find them have they've fallen during the night, mm-hmm. and so we notify the family that hey, mom had a fall last night; she's not hurt. We had the EMTs come out, um, we helped her up off the floor, those sorts of things. Because again, we don't know how the fall happened, so we have to right. get medical personnel in there to evaluate um, to make sure she's okay and didn't hit her head. Um, and so that's again something we offer as a service, but you know, it's unfortunate we walk. In and, and find somebody mm-hmm. who has fallen and, and you know you guys know they've fallen and can't get up right? Right, right so that's those scenarios happen and the fact that we were going there meant that mom was only on the floor for 
a few hours that night before as opposed to a few days before their son happened to come visit and mom wasn't answering her phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really helpful to have that, you know, in the scenario where somebody's a fall risk, to have somebody coming more frequently. Um, and if they're really a fall risk, then you look at doing 24-hour care so that you have help in the home. So you may have asked my you may have answered my question in that sentence you were just a paragraph you were saying. Um, is there diff Do people get different caregivers uh, for patients, or is it just assigned to one patient? A caregiver comes into the home, you know, every every time. Or is it a different caregiver every time? And that answer is based on kind of what service level we're providing. So a 24-hour client, I already told you, right, will have to have multiple people going in there because they can't stay there. Um, okay. We can only, like any other business, we can only have somebody work 40 hours, and then we'll start paying them overtime. And so when we do three days in a row, they're getting into overtime. Um, but that's why we often do two days. But the long and short of it is, if somebody is being visited once a week or twice a week, we try to keep the same caregiver. To Kelly's point earlier, if they have dementia, we try to keep the same caregivers because if there's any chance of them getting familiar with somebody, it's good to have the same person. The other thing is the spouse, you know, the, the healthy spouse also likes to know who's coming. And so we have, they have access to the schedule. They can see who's coming by name, um, so these are all things that, that we work really hard to make sure the clients know about, and then we minimize the number of caregivers. Now, that being said, even if I'm only going in twice a week and I have one caregiver doing that, I always like to have at least one backup, if not two, sure. because people get sick. And during COVID, we had a lot of that where we were pulling people left and right um, and trying to get replacements in there. Some clients don't want anybody else new. And some clients are like, mom needs help, get somebody in there. And so we work, you know, those are what we call essential clients. We have to get somebody in there. But we always would communicate with the, with the customer what was happening. But, you know, COVID certainly brought that to the forefront because it was, it was especially during January of this year, it was just every, every day there was somebody else going out and it was just really hard. So you always want to have a backup um, so to answer your question, ideally it's one person if it's only a couple of shifts a week, but if it's seven days a week or it's three days during the week and one day during the weekend, the weekend people are often different than weekday people. Mm -hmm. uh, but we try to minimize the number of people um, and have that caregiver repeatedly go back. You know, they like to go back once they get to know Mrs. Jones. They like her. They want to keep working with her. But the only challenge becomes when they get sick or something happens and we have to move somebody else in. Right, great. That's excellent. So if you want to learn more about Synergy, please go to their home, go home, go to their website page at SynergyHomeCare.com. That's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y, HomeCare.com. Brian, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. It gives, us, gives our listeners a lot to think about when it comes to that time of you know, time in their life where they have to make a decision. So they, they have a lot to think about. And I, I, again, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. You know, I think part of it too, Paul, and what you've done with this podcast is give people the information, right? Because right. a lot of times when we meet customers, it's because they're in the hospital. Right. And you want to be prepared before they're in the hospital. What are my options? Because Medicare will not pay for my services. They don't. They're working on it, but they don't yet. Um, 
they pay for the health stuff, the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, the nursing, but they, and they don't pay for laundry and mm-hmm. um, right. bathing. They will if it's part of physical therapy, occupational therapy, but only for three weeks. And then what? And who takes that laundry to the basement? So anybody that wants to inquire, certainly can, we can have more conversations. You know, we all are open to having the dialogue about what your needs are. You don't need to sign up with services. Again, even the initial consultation is free. So any of those things we can do, and that's true across the entire country. So wherever your listenership is, you know, it's, the consultations are free. Um, you can have somebody come in, assess the home. I often do safety assessments of the home and say, hey, what's some other equipment, whether it's grab bars or removing throw rugs or, you know, just looking for trip hazards. I teach a class on fall prevention. I got certified with um, the uh, Fire Association of America to teach a class on fire and fall prevention. So there's lots of resources out there. Knowing the questions to ask, but also knowing the person that can answer them is just really helpful. That's fantastic, Brian. And again, that's SynergyHomeCare.com. Brian, you want to give out a number to the to our listeners, a phone number? Sure, I can give you. So, um, again, is your do you think your listenership is across the country? Or yeah. Am I, what, yep. what would be the best? Yep, that's across country. Okay. Yep. All right. So there, there are numbers on the website, which is all I'm going to pull up right now because I use my local number. Okay. Um, and those people local, it's not going to help them. So the main number to call is 877-432-2692. 877-432-2692. And the person that answers will route you directly to the office that's closest to you. Or as Paul said, just go to synergyhomecare.com. Right in the top, it says find a location. You put your zip code in. It'll tell you what's the closest office, give you the local number, and off you go. Great. So Excellent. Anything we can do to help, or that's, what we're, that's what we do for a living is to help people stay in their home. And if anybody wants to inquire about a BZ board and you need to know which one is going to be the one that will help me, you can give us a call or go on our website at bzboards.com or 833-466-4376. And I can help you decide which board would be best for you. Um, anybody on our team can help you. Yeah, that's BZ Boards. That's B-E-A-S-Y boards.com. Brian, again, thanks a million for being here. I want to thank my co-host, Kelly Roxette, for being here. My name is Paul Frazier, and you are listening to Back to Life Radio. We'll see you next time. On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier, and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.bzboards.com. Join us next time on Back to Life Radio.